Instant Rumor presents Chocolate Yoda Live. Hey folks, Chocolate Yoda here, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. Welcome to another installment of Chocolate Yoda Live. The title of uh, this episode is Dumps Bad Week. Um, I said on the podcast two years ago that he was going to face legal issues, and not because I'm a lawyer. I am not a lawyer. I just play one in my mother's disappointed fantasies. But I was told growing up over and over and over again that I should be a lawyer. And it always felt like a backhanded compliment, quite honestly, um, because it was usually when I won a debate, when I would debate someone, because I, I love debate. I don't like argument, but I do enjoy debate. And um, when I would get the better of someone, they'd always be like, oh, you should have been a lawyer. You know, that kind of, that kind of tone, you know? And, um, you know, I always took it as kind of a backhanded compliment, sort of, you know, sort of an attempt to be like, yeah, whatever, man. But that could have been my imagination. Um, but I am fascinated by the law, especially if you ever watch a cop show. And I think cops is off the air or they might have brought it back. I don't remember. But if you've seen one episode, you've seen them all. And what you see invariably is some yokel in cuffs. And he's, uh, he's saying, I know my rights. That is, um, I, I think, fair to call it a common refrain from someone who is either being questioned or being... Uh, arrested. I know my rights. And the thing is, is that most people don't. The law is complex and it's vast. I, I read somewhere that in 2010 alone, there were something like 40,000 new laws created. And try as I might, there is no website when I searched that could tell me how many laws exist in America. I would have to presume it's hundreds of thousands. But when people say, I know my rights, they're usually wrong because the state has a shocking amount of power over the individual and ultimately the power of life and death. And as my son likes to point out, the only reason the law is effective is because the law always answers the question, or what? So when it says you're not allowed to do something, the question always is, or what? Or what? Do not cross while the light is red. Or what? Well, you can get fined. Do not travel over the posted speed limit. Or what? We can write you a ticket. We can impound your car. We can take all of your stuff. That's a right that people don't know about that many states have. Uh, asset forfeiture, it's called. It's a, 
very dignified way of saying the state can take your stuff if it feels like it. And it, the, those statutes require almost nothing for the state to be able to do that. But you'll hear story of people saying, yeah, I had $1,000 cash on me. The cop took it. I had stuff in my car. The cop took it. You know, when the cop asked me, can I search your trunk? The answer is, do you have a warrant? But a lot of people, because they think, well, I'm not guilty of anything. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Then the cop opens the trunk and takes the stuff in the trunk. Asset forfeiture. They can take your car. They can take anything. Because the law says so. I fought the law and the law won. Now, I know, I, I know I'm familiar with uh, that from The Clash. I think most people are. Most people that uh, came of age in the 70s and 80s and were around when punk, uh, puck, punk rock started, easy for me to say, uh, we associate that song with uh, with uh, the Clash, but the original was the Bobby Fuller Four. I love learning little tidbits like that. I wish there was a word for information that is, might be interesting but is useless. Oh yes, it's called trivia, and I I have lots of useless information in my head, but this one did not come from my head. I actually looked it up. The Bobby Fuller Four. So, getting back to the law, the law almost always wins. Almost always. The only time the law doesn't win is usually when the law messes up. And, and I mean the apparatus of the law. In this case, the most obvious apparatus for law is twofold. Law enforcement and attorneys. Like in the case of O.J. Simpson. That was an incompetent Los Angeles District Attorney's Office. These are the same people, if you'll recall, that failed to convict the Menendez brothers the first time after the Menendez brothers confessed. That's how incompetent that DA's office was. And then they got what was called the crime of the century, and uh, they messed it up. And by the way, going uh, back to the crime of the century, that wasn't the first time that phrase was used to describe a celebrity being, uh, you know, being put on trial. Uh, the first time was uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, he was uh, tried, I believe, twice for the murder of a woman, and he was acquitted both times. And that was the trial of the century, and I believe that was in the 30s. I'd have to double-check that, but, you know, that's the celebrity worship thing that we've got going in America. But all of this is leading up to my main point about Donnie Dump. Man, oh, man, what a week it's been. This has been a really bad week for Donnie Dump. And today I learned a new Latin phrase, and I want to share it with you. It's called mens rea. Mens is the first word, M-E-N-S. Rea is the second word, R-E-A. Mens rea. 
directly translated means guilty mind, but in the application of the law in America, it is thought to mean criminal mind. And that's why Jack Smith, late into the night yesterday, served up a new indictment. And it's so important that he served it up as a superseding indictment, which basically means it goes to the front of the line. And they have, I mean, talk about an orgy of evidence. I've never seen such incompetent criminals in my life. There is an avalanche, a tsunami of evidence against Donnie Dump and his gang who couldn't shoot straight. I mean, these people broke the law publicly and left a paper trail 10 miles long. And I delight in all of this because even with my cute phrasing, calling him Donnie Dump and just making fun of this, that, and the other thing, I think he is a terrible piece of human garbage. And he always has been. In 1974, his company got pinched by the DOJ for racist real estate practices. And he basically paid his way out of that. He's, he's been a filthy piece of garbage for, I would say, his entire adult life. He's born of immense wealth and immense privilege and is just a depraved, racist, xenophobic, misogynist, and that's a word I rarely use, but he truly does seem to hate women. I don't know. I can't prove it. I just suspect it. He's a misogynist. And he's just awful. He's absolutely awful. And now we know he's convicted of, um, I, I can't say the words on YouTube, uh, uh, assault. And the word that goes before it sounds like contextual. He, he was convicted of contextual assault, not in a criminal case, but in a civil case. And here's a little bit of trivia that maybe isn't so trivial. The only reason that he was not convicted of grape in the civil trial, and sorry, I am, I, 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 I generally don't feel embarrassment, but whenever I have to accommodate YouTube's ridiculous policies about communication, I feel something that verges on embarrassment. I think it's absurd that I, that, that speaking like an adult is prohibited on, on this open platform, which I guess ain't so open. But anyway, the only reason that Donnie Dump was not convicted of grape civilly in, which means I guess not convicted, but not found guilty of grape in the civil trial of E. Jean Carroll is because what he did physically to her, though it's considered grape, in most states, is not classified as grape in New York State because he inserted his fingers into her body, in her private place. That's grape, folks. That is grape. 
but according to the letter of the law, it's not. It's only contextual assault. Oh, I'm going to puke when I watch this back. Oh, God. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, that's my problem. <laughs> but that's the only reason that grape was not the word associated with his behavior, with his violation, with his horrible, disgusting violation of this woman. What a piece of garbage he is. And he told us about it. That could be what he was talking about when he said, you can grab him by the budusi, right? By the poon. You can grab him by the poon. When you're a celebrity, they'll let you. He could have been referring to her when he said that, because that's what he did to her. And ultimately, my hatred for him stems from the fact that he was the White House squatter, because I'll never refer to him as president. He was the White House squatter when COVID hit, and he pretended it was nothing. And this brings us to mens rea, because in order to prove criminal intent, you have to prove criminal mind, which simply means did the person know? In this case, he was committing a crime. And in the case of COVID, he did. Even though this is not the case that Jack Smith is talking about, this is my personal beef. And how do we know that he knew? He said so on tape while he knew he was being recorded to, was it Bernstein? Woodward? I forget which one. One, one of the two famous reporters. I guess that's a very important detail, but he said, yeah, I knew, you know, it's really bad and it's airborne. You don't even have to touch someone. You can hear the recording. He knew the whole time that the coronavirus was deadly. He knew that it was airborne, although technically it's not airborne. And it's a very razor thin distinction because technically it travels in the droplets that travel through the air, there has to be a physical exchange between the water vapor that commonly shoots out of our mouth when, when we're talking to somebody. And by the way, when someone sneezes, those water droplets travel at 200 miles per hour. There's some trivia for you. But dump new. And for 70 days, that's over two months, he did nothing. While other countries mobilized, they cracked open their uh, response to a pandemic because everyone had the book, Dump Threw It Out. Barack Obama left a pandemic playbook, literally. I downloaded it, a literal pandemic playbook, because he was vigilant. He did what presidents are charged to do with his protect citizens. Man, I feel like I have a speech impediment today. Which is protect citizens? That's what presidents are charged to do. They run America, sort of. They do what business owners tell them to do. 
to run America, and then they are charged to provide for the infrastructure which they fail miserably at, and to protect citizens which they generally fail miserably at, but at least Barack Obama didn't fail in this one area, which is when pandemics hit, which they always will. Here's the response, because it's a question of severity. How bad is the pandemic? Here are all the steps that you take. He disbanded the office that responded to pandemics because, you know, he was thinking like a stupid CEO. So when people say, oh, run America like a business, no. America is technically not a business. It is influenced heavily by business, but it is not a business. It doesn't operate like businesses do. Because the goals of America, the goals of any country, are not the same goals that a business would have. So it's a completely immature and stupid thing to say that America needs to be run like a business. It's based on a, on a fundamental misunderstanding of what a government is there to do. And I believe the main thing that a government is there to do is protect the goddamn citizens. And Dump failed to do that for 70 days. That's why America had 20% of the COVID fatalities, despite only having less than 5% of the population of the world. That's disastrous. That is failing a thousand times over. That is, that is epic and monumental in scope. This failure is insane because of a craven, completely unprepared, completely useless White House squatter. People died. This ain't a joke. This ain't political ideology. This is an intellectual de uh, deliberation and, and just a regular argument, a disagreement between two people about how the country should be run. No. This is, the, this is neglect at the worst possible level. Hundreds of thousands of extra people died because of this piece of garbage. And on top of that, he broke the law allegedly close to a hundred different times. And now he is finally going to face justice. I, for one, am thrilled about that. And I won't hide my glee and I won't feel bad about my glee. I love the fact that this man's life from now on is suffering under the weight of the law. He deserves a thousand times worse than that. This is very satisfying to see this process. And yes, it's taken longer than anyone wanted. And yes, there's still people that are very skeptical about the idea that he is actually going to face any kind of consequence. I was one of those people, even though I was convinced of his illegality, his alleged illegality, I have to say for legal purposes, I was convinced that he broke the law because he's really stupid, like unbelievably stupid. He, he, he broke the law publicly, allegedly. All right, just blanket. Anything I say from now on about his illegality is alleged, okay? I'm not going to keep saying that word. <laughs> Disclaimer. 
but really, like, the the evidence that Jack Smith, I mean, just read the counts, you know, download the PDF and read the counts, you know, and, and when you, when you look at all of the evidence, and we don't, we don't literally have all of it, but we have a lot of it that's, that's been provided. It's minute by minute, in some cases, second by second transcriptions of text messages and uh, you know, now, now it's, you know, they tried to destroy evidence in the documents case. That's what this superseding indictment is about. And it's, you know, remember when a pool flooded and accidentally hit a room where documents were being held and I think servers were or whatever, accidentally, quote unquote, that guy who drained the pool is now a named defendant in this new superseding indictment. And they have text messages between him and I believe Walton Nauda. Um, I might be wrong about that, but it was one of Donnie Dump's henchmen, one of his faithful and loyal followers, and they were basically trying to convince him to do illegal stuff. A guy that was previously questioned and said, I don't know nothing. I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't see anybody do nothing. Or words to that effect. And yet he knew a lot because he was asked to do illegal stuff. And it looks like he might have done some because he's not listed as a cooperating witness. Oliveira, I think his name is. I'd have to double check that. But folks, this is, um, this is the death knell. And there's a great line in True Romance spoken by one of the greatest actors, a national treasure in my opinion, Christopher Walken. And um, it's the scene where his character is, uh, who, who is a mob guy. He's a mob enforcer and a conciliary and, you know, a typical violent mob guy. He's uh he's interrogating uh, a guy played by Dennis Hopper, and it's a an absolutely spectacular scene in the film. I won't describe the whole thing, but when Dennis Hopper says something he didn't like, Christopher Walken hauled off and punched him in the face while Hopper was in a chair, and I mean cracked him real solid and as hopper recoils and recovers and holds his face christopher walken says that's as good as it's going to get and it's never going to get that good again so the rest of the scene is pretty brutal because he was right and that's what i'm thinking of right now with regard to donnie dump his life right now is misery. Anyone who knows him is saying that. Anyone who's reported on his mental condition, his frame of mind, his mood, is reporting that back. These are people that are in the room with him. And they're saying he is stressed out. He's terrified. I would imagine, even with his insane level of denial, that he is aware that the jig is up he is caught, and he is going to jail. 
This is as good as his life is going to get, and it's never going to get this good again. And I am delighted about that. He deserves to suffer, in my opinion. He deserves all the misery, in my opinion, because he's a horrible human being, in my opinion. And I'm going to love it. I'm going to love every second of it. Election tampering. That's a uh, that's a, a, something that's against the law, and it's a it's a, it's a state beef, and um, he can't be pardoned for that. And the governor of Georgia does not have the power of pardon. Oh yes, and they have him recorded committing the alleged crime. Because <laughs> he's dumb. Find me 11,780 votes because he had lost by 11,779 votes. So in his abject stupidity, he allowed himself to be recorded for a conversation that it was stupid for him to be on. That's what you get your henchmen to do. Hey, Donnie. It's too late, so I'm willing to give you this advice. Let your minions break the law for you, you idiot. But because he's virulently stupid, he broke the law himself. He got on the phone and allowed himself to be recorded breaking the law. That's state's exhibit number one. And, of course, the guy he was talking to is a witness against him. Raffensperger. He's the guy that was like, hey man, uh, nothing happened here, bro. <laughs> or words to that effect. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, yeah, that's not a thing, man. What you're asking me to do is not a thing. I can't just find you votes, dude. We counted the votes and we counted them twice. We're good. Shut up. That dude is chief witness against him. So that's a guilty verdict coming down. And I don't think he has a friendly judge to help him in that case. But even if he does, it doesn't matter. Judges are vulnerable too. Judges can be impeached for their behavior. Judges have to watch what they do, especially when the world is watching. This is the biggest criminal case in American history. This is the first time that a former occupant of the White House has been hit with these kinds of charges. It is unprecedented, and it's disgusting. But it's going to cost him. This is the rest of his life, folks. This is what he's going to be doing for the rest of his life. Pleading for help, which he did the other day via video. Please, Congress, please intervene. Help me, please, help me, help me, help me, please. That's a deep cut reference. I hope somebody knows where that's from. But, um, yeah, I'm loving this. I'm loving every moment of it. Donnie dumps a piece of garbage. And now we know men's rare. He has a criminal mind. Because before he broke the law, he knew he was about to break the law. He planned to break the law. Then he broke the law. Then. 
He lied about breaking the law. Then he tried to cover up breaking the law. Then he tried to destroy evidence of his crime, all of which are against the law. So he's being smacked down in every possible direction. Crime on crime on crime. And I'm loving it. I'm loving every moment of it. That's my weekly wrap-up. So uh, this has been another week of chocolate... Le- uh, <laughs> here we go again. Oh, my minor aneurysm uh, rears its ugly head. This has been <laughs> another week of Chocolate Yoda Live. Uh, you can see me on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash at the persistent rumor the persistent rumor sometimes i say that too quickly the live streams are kept uh, under the live tab and there's uh, 300 other videos so you can click on videos and check those out in shorts and of course i'm at uh, wisdom the profile is chocolate underscore yoda And once again, Yoda is spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H because film studios are litigious. And Disney's studios, Disney studios, listen to me, Disney's lawyers are uh, beasts, man. They are are natural born killers. So I don't want to mess with those folks. And I don't want to piss off George Lucas. So Y-O-D-D-A-H. As I uh, started off saying, this has been quite a week. What a week it's been. And uh, the hits are going to keep on coming. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to catching up with all the legal podcasts that I follow because I have to tell you, again, to those who are skeptical, I've been following this case for a couple of years now, and they are, there are a few lawyers who are very high-level prosecutors and have podcasts, and they have been right about everything. One in particular, uh, the Midas Touch. Uh, the Midas Touch Network, it's three brothers, the Mycellus brothers, and they, um, they're they all lawyers, I believe. Certainly the oldest one is, and I think even a law professor, and they have a podcast. They have called, they have gotten this 100% right, including the surprise superseding indictment. They've been talking about that for a year now. And so, you know, these people who have been right all along, they are the ones saying that Dump is going to jail. Now, what that looks like is still a big question mark, but I'll address that also very quickly and then I'll head out. So, the big concern with putting an ex-White House squatter in prison is, of course, the uh, sensitive information that he has in his brain and the susceptibility of being in jail or in prison. And what does the Secret Service do in that case? Well, it turns out that the government can have a jail for one, either commandeer an existing building or even build a new building just for one prisoner. That is something that they have the legal authority to do, and 
the law stipulates that the Secret Service can then turn that prisoner over to the prison of one, and then the government becomes responsible for protecting those secrets in his or her head. And that's what's likely to happen. Could it be home confinement? Absolutely, it could be. But I think there's a strong case to be made that because of the nature of these crimes, including people's lives and putting people's lives in danger because you gave up secrets, you gave up top secret information publicly and put people's lives in jeopardy. See, these crimes are not casual crimes, folks. People could have died as a result of the secrets that Donnie Dump revealed oh so casually. So that answers the question of whether he will actually be put in jail. The question is, the, the answer is rather, there's a strong possibility that he will actually be in prison physically. Even if he isn't, he's still going to be found guilty of a lot of crimes because Jack Smith is the apex predator of prosecutors. This guy's amazing as a prosecutor. As I've said before, he's out here playing four-dimensional chess while Dump's band of idiots is playing marbles. Dump's attorneys are the worst. He is scraping the bottom of the barrel so hard that he might put a hole in it. But good. I delight in all of it. I delight in Dump's suffering and all of the consequences he's facing legally. I love it. And I don't care what anybody thinks about that. But hey, you pay for your satisfaction somewhere along the line. He lived a life of privilege, and that wasn't enough for him. So he had to steal. He had to be a criminal. But unfortunately, nobody ever bothered to explain to him just how amazingly stupid he is. And so he's been running around the epitome of partition, participation trophy madness. Man, I don't know what's going on today, but I am really having a hard time talking. But whatever. But yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the poster child for participation trophies. And he just doesn't know how stupid he is. And he's suffering because of it. And that's a good thing. Finally, finally, the consequences are catching up to him. So I'm going to go keep on enjoying this. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the day. Peace, love, and granola. Talk to you soon. <laughs>